Well, here I am with David Morris. David Morris, a name to conjure with. A man of distinction, one of the funniest and kindest souls I've ever met, and also one of the most talented people in our community. Why? Because David has a rare and beautiful gift. It's called a whistle. Let's just hear the whistle, David Morris. Well, that's from the Grand Master of the World Whistling Champion. Dave Morris lives in Dob Cross now, and I'm here to talk to him about his life and his music. Welcome, Dave. Welcome to you, Ken. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming to uh, interview me. Well, it's hardly an interview because it's more of a laugh to stay going with you. You're here in Dob Cross in a house with a very rare distinction, dear listen. We can't tell you where, of course, because he's so well famous, we don't really get into that. But it has a bathroom with a quite a unique feature, Dave. Yes, we've got the, the old red telephone box for a shower. Real one. <laughs> a real one, yeah. Yeah. Why is that? Well, when I bought the house uh, back in 1991, uh, it had just been re- renovated uh, two years before that. And um, the property developer... Uh, put in this red telephone box just for a feature, special feature, so it's still there. And you don't dial anybody, you don't ring the presidents of no. America? No, we always tell people who are going to the loo, it's in the toilet, of course, uh, telephone calls will be extra. Right, <laughs> that's fine. Well, Dave, look, a man of great distinction and worldwide fame that you brought to the village of Dobcross. I mean, I recall when uh, we had a group of American visitors doing a grand tour of the village, and this marvellous Dave Morris suddenly appeared on the doorsteps of his house and started whistling. And they couldn't believe it. Is this just, does it just happen with you whistling? Uh, how, how did I become a whistler? Is that the question? Indeed. Uh, well, I was a cornet player. Right. Uh, I started playing the cornet at Borges Band at Greenfield when I was 12. Uh, and at, t- at age 25, I was Great Britain champion cornet player. Wow. I won the title in the, uh, at the annual uh, solo championships event in Oxford. Uh, and, um, but I always tried to whistle the pieces I was playing on the cornet. When I became a better cornet player, sort of, you know, late teens, 19, 20s, 20-year-old, something like that, uh, I tried to whistle the pieces I was playing on the cornet. Uh, for example, uh, Flight of the Bumblebee. And so on, things like and that. that's triple tonguing, isn't no, it? No, that's double tonguing. Double tonguing. Yeah. Sorry about that, yes. I'm showing my lack of knowledge <laughs> on the musical field. Nothing okay. new there then. Yeah. Yeah. So things like that. And then, uh, you know, obviously I discovered that I had a bit of a bit of a flow for it. So with a lot more practice, uh, I became a closet whistler. Nobody knew about it, really. Only one or two very close friends. Uh, and I came out, so to speak. <laughs> Uh, in 2002 uh, and uh, I was lobbied or even bullied by some friends into making a CD with a brass band backing for obvious reasons brass band backing right. I had a lot of friends a lot of contacts uh, and so yeah I thought I'll, I'll go for this it's, it's, it'll be a unique uh, product so uh, we've, we've we've booked the, the, the studio over in Rippenden made a man uh, owned a studio uh, I booked the band uh, and the conductor good friend of mine called Les Beavers, and and then uh, I did all the arrangements for the for the pieces, which and they're all pieces I used to play on the cornet. Really. Uh, right. So I um, rearranged them <laughs> in my pitch, my whistling pitch. Right. Uh, and we made it. It was called Whistling Down the Wind, and it did rather well. Well, you say that with uh, with shall we say some shyness, but in fact uh, it did very well. We know yeah. that, and yeah. it really pushed your centre stage, didn't it? It did actually, and. Uh, and then um, in 2003, um, the same group of friends, sort of, uh, well, one of them in particular, uh, he discovered the, the, the annual World Championship of Whistling, which can only be in America, can't it? Indeed. And it's in North Carolina. And they said, why don't you enter that? You, you know, I think you'll do well. So I discussed it with Helen, my wife, and, um, and we said, yeah, let's go for it. So I entered it and uh, went over and, well, I won it. So I was world champion. Goodness me. I mean, the only Brit to enter? I was the only Brit to enter. There were mainly Americans and Canadians, one or two from uh, Japan and China. 
big event, really big event. Uh, it takes place over a full weekend in uh, North Carolina in this lovely big theatre. Uh, TV cameras were there for recorded highlights, and I was into when I, after I'd won it. I was interviewed on the breakfast TV Good Morning America, which is the biggest breakfast TV Indeed, I know about channel that. in the states, uh, coast to coast. Yeah. Uh, and would you believe uh, a couple of concert promoters were having the breakfast and watching the interview, and they both uh, thought, "Oh, wouldn't mind having this fellow across to, uh, for some concert appearances." So when I got back home, uh, there was uh, quite a few um, voicemails uh, on, on on the telephone. And a couple from uh, from the American guys, and I thought I thought it was a wind up from some of my local mates who I'm were sure. winding me up. Sure. But when they mentioned Good Morning America, I thought, well, they would, and nobody would know that from around here, you know, because that's so it's got to be kosher. So uh, I rang them back and uh, ended up going across to Chicago, uh, proms in the park, and then the other one was St Louis, Missouri, another proms in the park one. Then I went back to do the Christmas spectacular in. Um, St. Louis, and in short, mm. up to today, I've been up back 15 times in as a guest soloist in concerts. Uh, two trips to New Zealand, a week in Malta, a week in Spain, all over the place, plus the UK, of course. Well, amazing. And what was the tune you first whistled in the contest? In the contest, the first one was uh, uh, a cornet solo, triple tongue in polka called Trumpet Triplets. Right. Something like that. Uh, and it's a bit like whistling karaoke over there. You take your own backing tracks. Really? And you have to enter two different categories. Uh, one is a classical music category, and the other is non-classical, so, which is obviously virtually anything you want. So I did trumpet triplets. I did um, uh, London Derriere, Danny Boy. We come to that in the we'll come to that later on in, in the yeah. interview, yeah. And then in the, in the, I was put forward for the, for the grand whistle-off final, right. which was the following day. I think they picked about nine out of about 65 whistlers. Uh, the grand final whistle-off the following day. Sounds funny, doesn't it, that? Yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, in that, I did uh, a piece, a very difficult piece, which is normally associated with the violin. It's called Shardas by Vittorio Monti. I'm sure your listeners will, will recognise it when I do a few bars. Remarkable, remarkable, David. Which brings us nicely to the first tune, Walking Back to Happiness. What's the story behind that? Ellen Shapiro, yeah. Uh, well, I um, started my education at Greenfield Primary School uh, and uh, left there, obviously, age 11. And I passed me 11 plus, uh, which in those days, you know, was a chance to have a free scholarship at a, at a grammar school, you know. Right. Uh, I thought they were past it because I, wasn't, I don't, didn't think I was particularly ac- academic. But uh, anyway, I passed it and uh, went to Hume Grammar School for boys, Oldham. Right. Uh, so I went from being a big fish in a little pond at Greenfield to being a tiny fish in a massive pond uh, at Hume Grammar School. Right. And I'll never forget the first morning assembly at Hume Grammar School. There's me, 11-year-old, short pants, yeah. <laughs> uh, in this huge hall were these six foot lads at the back of the back of the room, you know, age sixteen. I mean, they, I mean, they're like big men, really. When when yeah. you when you six when you're eleven, yeah, you know. And then this horrific sight of the headmaster H. B. Shaw walking down the corridor, uh, big fella, uh, gown on, motorboard, uh, and he came onto the stage, and I've never been as frightened in my life. And uh, anyway. The, the tune always takes me back there because it was a big hit at the time for, for Ellen Shapiro, Walking Back to Happiness. Funny, but it's true What loneliness can do Since I've been away I have loved you more each day Walking back to happiness Whoopa, oh yeah, yeah Said goodbye to loneliness Whoopa, oh yeah, yeah I never knew I'd miss you Now I know what I must do Walking back to happiness I shared with you I'm Making up for things I said Whoopa, oh yeah, yeah And Miss 
takes to which they let Opa, oh yeah, yeah I shouldn't have gone away So I'm coming back today You're walking back to happiness I threw away Walking back to happiness with you Said farewell to loneliness I knew I laid aside foolish pride Learned the truth from tears I cried Spread the news I'm on my way Opa, oh yeah, yeah All my blues have blown away Opa, oh yeah, yeah I'm bringing you love so true Cause that's what I owe to you Walking back to happiness I shared with you Walking back to happiness with you Said farewell to loneliness I knew I laid aside foolish pride Learned the truth from tears I cried Spread the news I'm on my way That's what I owe to you Walking back to happiness I shared with you So, Dave, we've got your walking back to happiness at 11, wearing short pants and being surrounded by giants. Yes. At Hume Grammar School. Yes. How did you get home from that? Did you realise then you could whistle? Did it was it a gift or did no, you? No, I didn't. I didn't realise that. I, I started playing the cornet a, a year after I joined. Uh, I, I started at U, so I was twelve then. I started playing the cornet at Borges Band at Greenfield. Uh, so no, I didn't know. I didn't know I could. Uh, I could whistle really then. I just I was totally focused on playing the cornet. Right. Uh, but uh, anyway, I uh, left age sixteen. I didn't go to university or anything like that. In fact, I couldn't wait to leave. <laughs> Why uh, was that? Just... Uh, I, I wasn't. I didn't particularly enjoy it. There, I mean, my favourite subject was cricket and boxing. <laughs> yes, uh, good uh, academic uh, subjects. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, anyway, um, uh, the next piece you're, gonna, you're coming to, uh, yeah. which is "Yellow Submarine" by the Beatles. Indeed. Uh, and this takes me back because music takes you back to, to places, doesn't it? it Indeed, always, always does. Indeed. And this was my first holiday away without my parents. And it was with three schoolmates. We just left school, uh, age 16, and we went to Butlins at Pithelli. Right. Uh, which is, up the, the TV programme IDI is absolutely just like <laughs> how it was. Just like how it was, Butlins. Uh, and uh, we had a well of a time, you know, we were trying to drink pints of bitter underage, obviously, and two <laughs> pints and we were falling about uh, in the Big and Whistle pub. Uh, and anyway, Yellow Submarine was top of the charts at the time, so that takes me back to Butlins Pathetic. Right, well, we listen to Yellow Submarine and my great friend John Winston Lennon. In the town where I was born lived a man who sailed to sea, and he told us of his life in the land of submarines. So we say. Submarine, yellow submarine, yellow submarine. 
for more of Tommy Field Live after the break. And I think for us all, emotional times of our youth, because we were all growing up at the same time and same period then, you know, but tell me about your life. I mean, you, you, you left school then, you knocked, you were going into, what did you do when you left school? Well, I left school and... Uh, uh, my first job was uh, at the Trustee Savings Bank on King Street, uh, right next to the, um, uh, what was it called, that nightclub? Astoria. Right. The Astoria Cinema and Nightclub and all that. And uh, next door to that, TSB. Ironically, I mean, this is unbelievable. You couldn't write this, you couldn't make this up. That was my first job. Right. And then all these years later, a few years ago from now actually, I ended up doing the whistling for the TSB Bank television campaign which has become which one goes, of the great standards oh great, great one campaign. of the great standards let's hear the tune and that ran for a considerable time on television didn't it six years it ran for six years. There were 12 different uh, adverts, different graphics, different voiceovers, same music. Uh, and it was composed by a lady called Anne Dudley, who was a brilliant musician. Uh, and uh, she actually wrote some whistling for me. She was the musical advisor to the movie Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Right. Uh, and she wrote me a little whistling bit uh, in between one scene and another. A little bit of background music. Yeah. Uh, so I went down to... Um, London to record it. Met Benny Anderson from ABBA, which wow. was great. Yeah. And, and how uh, was he with you? He, he was fantastic. I came out, out out to the recording studio and he said, David, tops, tops, David. I said, oh, oh. cheers, Benny. And that ran for, for such a long time. Yeah. And you, know, you don't seem phased by this. I mean, when you're putting pieces together... And of course, people forget. People think people whistle. They forget that they've got to be able to read music to do this, haven't yeah. you? Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. but you put your own intonation and everything on this, of course. Absolutely. Very yeah. much a David Morris stamp on everything you do. Yeah, it's very right. distinctly David mm. Morris. Because we had Ronnie Ronald out there. Ronnie Ronald was a, a, a huge star back in the fifties and early sixties. He was what they call a the finger whistler because he put his fingers in his mouth. Right. Now, I'm what's known as a pucker whistler, because you pucker your lips. Right. Uh, so I don't use it in my fingers, mine just comes through my lips. Oh, amazing. Uh, so, uh, but Ron Rennell was a huge uh, star, a very successful star. He used to uh, whistle, he used to sing, he used to do a bit of yodelling. He was a big star, a big musical star. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, when I came on the scene, uh, when I won the World Championships in 2003, musical variety uh, entertainment had really... Yeah, really diminished massively. Yeah. So uh, there were sort of fewer openings for me to uh, go into that. But so I, I tended to go to after dinner work, you know, sort of. Yes. Um, and you were still working, were you still with TSB then? Or sorry, were you still working in Oldham then? Um, when in, in two, no, uh, 2003, no, I, I was working in Wigan for a, a com- I was a sales manager for Potter's Herbal Medicines. Potter's, very famous name. Absol- absolutely. Absolutely yeah. amazing. That's right. Uh, but going back to your previous question, Ken, about what did I do when I left school? Um, I uh, was married very young, married at 18 and a half. And, um, uh, and then I went to work, for, well, I was working at TSB Bank. I left there, I went to work at a place in Delft called Compaflex, which is a, made flexible tubes and hoses and that, behind the bell in at Delft, yeah. in that industrial centre. 
Uh, and then I worked uh, for nearly 20 years for Kimberly Clark, who made the Kleenex uh, paper products. I worked for nearly 20 years for them, and oh. uh, then over to Potter's, and, uh, and then uh, all this whistling started, and uh, turned pro after winning the World Championship, because there were lots of um, uh, 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 interviews uh, on TV and radio. Uh, Chris Evans' show, I was on... Uh, Tell us about Chris Evans okay. and how he got you on the show. Well, yeah, they wanted to do a piece on whistling, apparently, so he, the producer rang me up and I did it uh, live on, on his day, on his drive-time show, which was at tea time, you know, five o'clock till seven or maybe or two. I did it live from my kitchen. From your kitchen? From the kitchen, in the house, a direct line, and it went absolutely, it went really fantastic. I sold a shed load of CDs after it. Wonderful. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, that was great. And then I was on uh, uh, Blue Peter. I was on uh, this morning with uh, Philip Schofield and uh, Fern Britain. Yeah. Uh, and then the One Show. And uh, yeah, lots of lots of uh, media exposure. So I turned pro because all these all these uh, shows were making for uh, 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 people ringing up and emailing and saying, yeah. "Will you come and be a soloist at our concert?" Or yeah. you know, general work. So I thought I'm going to give it a go. This. Uh, brave decision, you know, when you've got a steady job. A big decision. You know, I mean, when so, you're uh, leaving a trade and yeah. where you're highly respected, you're a very, very talented salesperson, and then yeah. suddenly so, it really was a leap into the darkness. It's an absolute it? leap into the darkness. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, I took the plunge and, well, never looked back. I mean, yeah. No, I'm it's delighted. Been, I mean, great, yeah. delighted about that. What we've got here, of course, then, another one The Sunshine of Your Smile. Very yeah. emotional piece of music. It What's is. That, David? Well, I used to play this on the cornet. Uh, and it was my mother's favourite. Oh, God bless her. So, yeah. uh, so I put this into the into the um, uh, suggestions for you yeah. as, a, as a tribute to my mum, really, because she was lovely. And, uh, and it always made her cry. This when I played it on the cornet. But I actually recorded it as a whistling solo on my first CD album called Whistling Down the Wind. Oh. Uh, and uh, it's a lovely piece, and it's just a beautiful tune. So here it is: yeah. the sunshine of your smile.
So we move on. Your mum had a massive influence in your life by the sound of it. Nothing wrong with that at all. Um, and she was alive, was she, when you made these recordings? Yes, she was. Uh, I'm a dad as well. And, uh, uh, yeah, they, sadly, they both passed... Um, just about a year after I went to America to the uh, to the World Wrestling Championships, uh, yeah, they both passed in two thousand and four. Very uh, very close to each other, six six weeks between each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, so they yeah they, they were both they were chuffed a bit. So I won the World Wrestling thing, obviously. Did she say anything memorable to you about you whistling at any time? Did she say you should be doing this, that, or the other, or was she always in awe of what you were doing? Yeah, she never forced me. or tried to put, put, put me in any direction, but uh, yeah. I think they were quite uh, quite pleased and proud of what, what, what they achieved. Well, looking at the way it is now, undoubtedly so. Yeah. I mean, does it appear in your passport as Whistler? Uh, no, it doesn't, no. No, no, no. musician. Musician, well, which you are a very talented <laughs> musician. I've heard you play, David. You. That's lovely there. Then we've got this lovely piece by you, of course, here now, uh, which is Stars and Stripes March. It's the, fa- the famous Stars and Stripes March by John Philip Sousa. Uh, and I put this into the into the program yes. for you uh, because uh, I performed it um, in America many times in concerts, and the American audiences, you know, obviously they love it because yes. it's, it's their piece, you know. Yeah. Uh, and um, so that always takes me back to, to to concert appearances over in the states. Uh, and this is um, on one of my CD albums yep. called uh, uh, World Champion Muslim, uh, and it's backed by the brilliant Scottish Quat band and I come in about uh, a third of the way through because the band does the first uh, little bit I come in just before the uh, oh, perform the main the main tune right. the main theme and then there's a beautiful obligato part which is normally played on played on the um, uh, piccolo in, yes. in the orchestral yeah. version so I do that on the whistle of course right. which is the obligato part uh, to the tune uh, which your listeners will hear uh, so that's 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 why this is in the suggestion, because it takes me back to America. We've had so many great times, me and Helen, going over to America uh, to perform and to have holidays there after the concerts. Lovely. Thank you. 
stay with us for more Tommyfield Live after the break. So we've got you in America, international name now, traveling the world and whistling. I mean, most unique situation because did you take your cornet with you as well? Did you keep your hand in as it were? Or you? No, I didn't take the cornet to America. No, I went just uh, purely and solely as a, as a whist, uh, whistling soloist. Yeah. Uh, I don't play the cornet now. I've gone, it's uh, playing's finished. Because yeah. uh, the whistling's obviously taken over big time. Yes. You know? yeah. so, uh, what about keeping your, your vocals, get, yeah, and keeping your lips and yeah, yourself? Yeah, the, the expression keeping you your that? lip in. You're keeping your lip in. How do you do that, David? Well, you keep your lip in by 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 playing, by blowing, playing a cornet, you know. But uh, I've not uh, I've not kept my lip in for a, yeah. for quite a while now, so I'm a I'm a whistler. Yeah, but has it ever caught you out? I mean, you know, have you ever been taken poorly? We don't want to hear about that. But I mean, have you been like lost your voice and lost your whistle at the same time? No, uh, I think the worst experience I've ever had was. Uh, playing in uh, in America, performing in America in St. Louis, Missouri, in the middle of August, uh, and it was something like 92 degrees Fahrenheit uh, when I went on stage at <laughs> 8 o'clock at night, and it was abs- the humidity was unbelievable. And this big, I, could, I was sweating like a pig, obviously, and I, I, just, I could just feel this big droplet of sweat coming down my nose, and I thought, if that lands up, lands on in the middle of my lips now, where, where the the sound where the yeah. sound comes out, I'm in trouble. And it did. And yeah. I just I just lost a, uh, just a couple of notes very very quickly. I had to wipe it away, obviously. And that was that's the scariest moment I've ever had performing. Goodness me! And breathing is very important when you're whistling. Absolutely. Can you tell me about your breathing? Breathing. Well, my breathing sort of technique, if that's the right word, comes from McCorney playing days, because you talk to breathe from low down, not from the throat. You talk to breathe from the diaphragm right right down mm-hmm. in, in in the uh, tummy area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, that applies to the whistling as well. So that's why I can play, perform long phrases yes. uh, without much trouble really. What about liquid refreshment? Uh, uh, liquid refreshment, you don't really need any until after you've performed. Because <laughs> uh, it does tend to impair the performance. Yes, and you're known to take the odd... Odd glass or two after. Glass of water, Sandy, uh, yes. on the stage. If you if you if, you, if yeah. you've got a table by the side, if, you, if I'm yeah. doing an after dinner performance, something like that, yeah. there'll be a table there for my for my uh, equipment and all that. Glass of water, but certainly not alcohol. No, no, exactly. Well, you know, you can't give anything but love. You've got here by the stylus. I can't give you anything but my love by the stylistics. Absolutely. Right. Well, this one uh, is a is a strange one, but I thought I'd put it in. Because uh, I cannot walk past a karaoke bar on holiday without without going in and, and having a, and doing a song. I love singing. Right. Yeah. I don't profess to be you know a fantastic singer, but uh, I, I do like singing, uh, and I, I can sing falsetto. You know, right. which is obviously absolutely right, up in the sky, a bit like Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. You know, yeah. that, that yes, not not as good as him, but yeah. but, but, but but not bad. Uh, and so uh, this is this this is the song I always sing, if we're out in Spain or whatever you know, uh, Tenerife or even America, mm-hmm. uh, in a karaoke situation. That's the one I always sing, right? And it's my favourite.
we've traveled the world with you now, David, and uh, you're still going full strength by the sounds of it. Yeah, and you've absolutely. got work coming out your ears, literally, with, with the contract work. I mean, what's in the, the offering for We're people doing okay, uh, Ken, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, signed up with an agency, London agency. It's called a, it's called a SYNC agency. SYNC being short for synchronisation. Right. Uh, and what they do, they synchronise music to TV adverts so that uh, when they get a, a briefing from a client who's, who's shot a video for a TV ad, there's never any music on it. This, oh. this is how the uh, TV ad uh, industry works. They just shoot the video, no sound. They've no idea what's going to be on the video uh, until the very end. And they, they send out, they pitch out the, the videos to different synchronisation agencies who have a database, exclusive database, of their own artists who they've signed up. You know their their albums and etc. Uh, and then these these agencies are firing across by email all these suggestions uh, of music to go with the with the video for the advert. And eventually there's a short list, and eventually one's chosen. So I've been with them for uh, since two thousand and two now, uh, and we've 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 landed some really top top. Uh, Adverts, the BMW Mini. The BMW Mini was so which, memorable. Which was uh, the, my version of the poster on Gallop. Right. That one. Do you see that? Do, do, when you're recording these, do you actually see the ad? No. No. I don't get involved in it. They, they, they do all the negotiations, the contractual, you know, uh, contract um, details, the finance details, all that sort of stuff. And you oh. have to work to a time on that, then, do you, for the ad, of course? They do all that. I don't do anything. <laughs> they just whistle. Got, they, do all, they do everything, and they just send me the money. <laughs> <laughs> well, you make it sound very easy, Dave Morris. You're underwriting yourself rather badly there, I would think. You know, but, uh, <laughs> That is amazing. So the post on Gallup and the BMW Mini, everyone remembers that. I remember yeah. we did a story about you at the time. We That's went to right. look at the Mini, didn't we? That's right. That was a brilliant advert. And yeah. uh, By the way, your, your listeners can can, can uh, click onto my website, which is uh, davidmorris-whistler.com, and you can play the adverts uh, and things like that, and you can, hear, you can hear samples from my five albums. Uh, other adverts we've done, which have been very good, was uh, San Pellegrino, which we made the, make the uh, uh, sparkling waters and, and the fruit juice drinks. That was Trumpet Triplets, which I've done that for you before in the yes. programme. Yeah. That, that was a great advert. Uh, we've done Klarna, Klarna Bank, we've done that. I did that with Snoop Dogg, the uh, rapper. How did he get on? Did you meet him? I didn't meet him, no, but yeah. he, front, he fronted the advert and I was the whistling on it. Uh, we've, done a, we've done some good ones, yeah. And then recently uh, a Belgian beer called Grimbergen. Right. Which is on Danish TV. Tell me uh, a bit about that. Yeah, that's some, yeah, Grimbergen, yeah, that was good, yeah. Uh, again, the agency got that that for me. That was uh, the, the music they pitched for the advert was the... Flower duet, so I'd, I'd, and it was taken off one of my CDs, of course, right. uh, which I, where I recorded both parts, you know, the the, mm. the, the tonic and the and the harmonic part, and, uh, and that was very successful, and it's been uh, repeated for uh, another twelve months apparently, which is great. So uh, yeah, we're doing okay. Good. Yeah. And what's coming up, David Morris? Uh, well, I, I actually um, did some concerts. Uh, well, not uh, not concerts, more like presentations. Uh, in the last sort of couple of years, few years, with uh, an organisation called U3A, the University yes, of the that. Third Age, yeah. which uh, I've, I've done quite a few of those in the last uh, few years, just pre pre pandemic and and post pandemic. Uh, so that's that's my audience. It's uh, it's it's the right age age category for my music. You yeah. know, and, uh, senior. Mature people. Mature people. Yeah. But what about young people? I mean, people are fascinated by anyone who's got talent like this because yeah. there's no instruments, there's no bells, yeah. whistles or anything else. There's whistles yeah. coming from one solo person. Yeah, well, actually, I think the youngest audience I've ever performed to was when I opened the Isle of Wight Festival. Uh, and uh, uh, I, had to, I had to perform uh, God Save the Queen in the style of Jimi Hendrix because well. he, he, he performed it years before. Yeah. Uh, and I was booked to do that, and that was a, a big gig. Uh, mm-hmm. So, <laughs> tell you, it's, it's, I could write a book. You should. You should write a book, David. 
Well, we get to the very touching last one here. And I mean, thank you, David, for your time, seriously. And I want you to also give us a nice mention of your website at the end here, by the sure, way. Sure. But why Danny Boy, you know? Danny Boy, or to give it its correct title, The London Derriere, uh, quite simply, it's my favourite tune. It's as simple as that. Uh, I just think I don't think there's a, a better tune ever been written than than this. Uh, I recorded it on one on one of my CDs, um, and uh, but this version I've suggested to you is absolutely sublime. It's by Nigel Kennedy, the the uh, fantastic violinist, uh, and the range of this of of the instrument on this recording is just phenomenal. Uh, mm. Oh, just, I'm sure your listeners are going to love this. Well, I listened to it and was deeply touched by it, David. Beautiful performance, yeah. and it's just, it's just the best tune ever. Yeah. David Morris, this is your life and your whistle. Thank you. So Thank much. you for your time. Now, can we have a reference, please, to where our listeners can get your music? Yeah, sure. www.davidmorris-whistler.com David Morris, a pleasure to share some time with you. Cheers, Ken.
Tommyfield Live, A Chance to Meet, world champion whistler David Morris, was written and presented by Ken Bennett. The programme was edited and produced by Ian Wollstoneholm. Thank you.